Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. That's right. This is Fantasy Focus Baseball on a beautiful Thursday morning, September 12th, 2019. He is Tristan. I am Eric. We're going to do a show today about baseball because you want this. It's not too many weekends left of the season, but we're going to preview this one with pitchers and hitters to watch. Fall out of a bad injury to a great player. There's a record-breaking home run, more combo meals. You know what we're going to talk about, so why am I even setting you up? You're going to listen to the whole thing anyway. Let's just do it. Let's just do it right. Tristan, what is this, two more, three more weekends to go? That's it, right? There are three more weekends, indeed. I can't believe it. Most exciting time of the year. Most exciting time of the year. Don't forget fantasy football is going, and, and I hear fantasy basketball. Maybe our editor is even working on that right now. Um, so lots to talk about on today's show. Here is the buzz. Brief aside here, Tristan, is it more painful if you lose a league by a half a point or 10 points? More painful? Is uh, it worse, or is it just a loss is a loss? Uh, it's more painful when you lose it by half a point. Awesome. Well, that's what I'm striving for. You know why? Why? Because nobody's going to remember you. Especially if I was winning for five months of the season. Right. That's Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. If you make a crazy comeback... Take a lead for a little bit and then ultimately lose by a half point. It hurts just because you put in all that work. If you lose by half a point because you led all year, <laughs> it hurts because 10 years down the road, you might as well have been 50 points out. Yeah, but no the, one prob- remembers. the problem is in this league, people are remembering that I keep finishing second. That, I think that makes it worse. Does it make it better or worse that you're con- competing every year and you never win? I think only one guy remembers that you're finishing second every year. I think there's one guy who's No, it's not just this. me. People, like, come up to me at the draft and, like, hey, Mr. Second Place. Like, that's worse, right? Uh, Let's talk about Christian Yelich, <laughs> who I did not No have. shame in second, but, yeah, you're right. No one remembers second No place. one remembers. You know what? I, I don't want to be remembered for being Mr. Second Place. I think I'd rather not be remembered. <laughs> I'm pretty irrelevant overall now, like, you know, my stance at the company and what we're talking about here. And I'm okay with that. But, man, I would like to win that league as opposed to finishing second by a half a point. I just dropped out after – I was winning for three months, and now I'm a half point out. you got to grasp the marginally better than – or marginally greater than replacement level. That's my way of putting it. We we strive to be marginally better than replacement level. I don't know if we are. 0.0001 war. We should rename the show. Point oh oh one war? Okay, yeah, that's a great name for a podcast. Well, Christian Yelich had a lot more than point oh oh one war. He was, uh, where is he, number three on the season player rater? Pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Now he's done. Uh, Milwaukee can't possibly replace him. Trent Grisham's been playing anyway because Ryan Braun can't. Oh, Yelich is number one on the player rater. How about that? Yep. He's the number one player on the player rater, and with less than three weeks to go, he is done. Fractured his knee. He does not need surgery it looks like he'll be fine for next season. We shouldn't have any concerns there. So if you're asking the question or tweeting it out, what do we do with Yelich in our dynasty formats? Don't do anything. He's still great. Um, but even before the injury, we weren't going to rank him number one. He probably was going to be three or four behind Acuna or Trout. They're one or two. Bellinger, Yelich, three and four. Agree or disagree? I agree. But now I'm thinking, wait, why aren't we making Yelich a candidate for number one overall? Well, the only reason that you wouldn't, is if you didn't think he was going to steal 30 bases again. Because everything else in his line looks right. fine and legit. 
Right. And Mike Trout has 11 steals. He has fewer steals than Bryce Harper right now. So if you think that Yelich is going to steal only 15 bases next season, mm-hmm. you can't make the case because Acuna is is going after 40-40 right now. Acuna, Acuna is making the best case to be the number one player in our rankings yes. next year. Yeah. Over and, Trout. Yeah, which I think it's been the growing story over the second half of the season. Uh, that said, 15 stolen bases mean a lot more today than they did 10 years ago. But they're so, not 30 like he has now. They're not 30. Yeah, Based on the sheer volume, I mean, if we're going to make the case that 15 is worth so much more today, 30 stolen bases is like Ricky Henderson's prime. Yeah, like 100. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating it. Yeah, which I tend to do. But <laughs> it, it, it stinks. It, we're deprived of watching this great player play. Javier yeah. Baez, another great player. We're not going to see him again, especially if the Cubs. Now, the Cubs are home all next week. The good thing about the beleaguered pitiful nl wildcard race is that all these teams are still playing their players mm-hmm. so like the phillies and the diamondbacks i see like a two percent chance of them making the wild card but they're not going to shut anybody down like maybe bryce harper's hurting in something if they were six games out maybe they'd shut them down but they're not gonna do that robbie ray is going to keep on pitching for arizona even with a blister like these teams have to go all out because now it's a race because the cubs didn't win this week but we like this this we is love great this. news it's good for us, for us. Yeah. and the brewers might actually steal a wild how can the brewers steal a wild card it's amazing I, I mean with that pitching what what do you think I'm, I'm curious here now what do you think the effect is i mean do you th- do you think there's anything to be gained here as a as a result of the yellow for fantasy because obviously, yeah. the, for in real life, there's nothing to be gained. Well, the no, no, no. It's I mean, it's devastating to them. But I love the fact that the story, for example, about Ryan Braun wearing the Yelich jersey. I mean, maybe there's some sort of beneath the radar excitement for the Brewers. They do have a good ballpark that puts up some decent numbers. I mean, you know, I've mentioned the park factor for that. There's there's opportunity here. You there's, saw Mustakis took uh, Yelich's spot in the lineup. I did. He's back. He homered twice. I mean, I went through my free agency ad for today's blog entry. And uh, I'm sure you read it from start to finish. And, you know, like, I couldn't make a case for Grisham. Not really doing much. No power, no speed right now. He's basically just playing because they need somebody to play and lead off for that team. So I had, like, Nick Solak. That's a guy who's legit, Texas kid. Um, Plays two positions, has some pop. There's some, yeah, Kyle, what do you do with Kyle Lewis? Like, Kyle Lewis, to me, he has homered in in both of his starts so far. But this screams like Austin Riley to me because of the strikeouts. But Riley still did well his first three weeks. So if what if Kyle Lewis goes nuts for these final three weeks and wins people leagues? He could do that. He, he has power. He could. I, I feel like the power is on the scouting side of things, not the career results to date. Uh, in other words, if you're taking the home run numbers that he had in the minors, I think you're going to be surprised by if he hit six homers, for example, for the rest of the year. He, well, if he hit six homers for the, the major league season, I think you're going to be surprised because the best he did in the minors was 11 in double A this year. But I'm, I agree with you that he has the ability to do that. And anything really goes at this time of year. I think he's a little bit of a raw prospect. Uh, who was the one we talked about the other day where I gave the same label? Oh, Nico Horner. And Nico Horner had a couple of good games, too. Yeah, I mean, Lewis just skipped AAA altogether. It makes no sense for the Mariners to call him up. It's getting his feet wet. And and in a three-week sample, I mean, we've said this so many times, anything can happen. I mean, we, we talk all the time about how April, the first three weeks, people put so much stock in those three weeks. Same thing right now. Same thing. But it's amazing to me that, so if you're a hitter, you can skip AAA because you get to play with the happy fun baseballs. But the Phillies literally have not called up Spencer Howard from AA because he never got to pitch with the happy fun baseballs. That's a dysfunctional organization as well. A lot of Mets fans didn't like our show on Monday from the things I said. But you know what? The Phillies are no better. Uh, you know, so keep saying these things. Oh, they're only one game behind you or they're tied with you. I don't care. These, these results are meaningless if the Phillies and the Mets both win 85 and miss the playoffs. Point is, some really dumb decisions are being made. Um, 
What else? Oh, Jesus Lazardo. In my blog today, I called him the AL version of Dustin. What's the Dustin May of the Dodgers? You see my point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the kid. I think he's going to be great as a starting pitcher next year. But right now, he is a middle reliever. You can't count on wins, saves, nothing. Um, he could serve the use that Ryan Yarbrough and Yanni Chernos types did last year. Think he's going to get that many innings? No, but it is possible they try to build him up as a three-ish inning guy uh, to use for the postseason. So I, I I don't see a lot there. But I mean, we we we've also mentioned about how if you have uh, very conservative conservative start caps in your head-to-head league, sometimes it's nice to get those guys who give you the multiple innings with good ratios in case. It is, and we presume that Lazardo and May will both pitch well in their middle relief roles. And now it looks like Tony Gonsolin. I just can't get a break. Gonsolin is also going to be in a middle relief role and not a starting pitcher for the Dodgers. So you might get two or three innings at a time twice a week. You just never know when. You don't know. if, And, and you know, May has not pitched all that well in his middle relief role. Um, next season, Lazardo, May, Gonsolin. Let's assume they're all starting pitchers. And I'm just picking them out of a hat here. Mm-hmm. Can you make the case top 50 or do you have to see something? If if I have the promise of rotation spots for them, I think they all have the ability to get into the top 50, yeah. Uh, I'll probably say May is the lead of that group. I, I think Gonsolin might be third, but I, I really do like him. I feel like Gonsolin is one who's, you know, the lower ceiling, higher floor, but that's just kind of the gut speaking. A million home runs have been hit this season. Almost. Not quite a million, but almost a million. So we all, all we do is exaggerate on the show. Schoenfield, like Dave Schoenfield wrote a beautiful piece uh, in the middle of the night about like he ranked, he could have ranked all the home runs that have been hit this season. He did not by win probability added. And he found out that the most valuable and least valuable home runs this season were hit by the same guy, <laughs> which oh, I wow. thought was fantastic. <laughs> Rio Ruiz of the Orioles. Remember the home run he hit off Asuna in Houston to win a game, yep. most valuable home run of the season, and he also had the least valuable in a game Houston won like twenty-one to two. Um, and then another Oriole yesterday hit the um, the record-breaking home run. And, and who was it? And you know he shouldn't get the notoriety for that. <laughs> he should get the notoriety. Jonathan VR is the number eleven hitter on the player rater for the season. He's one of only three players overall that has at least twenty home runs and thirty steals. You know the others, Yelich and Acuna. He's having a fantastic season, and he's going to get notoriety for this ridiculousness because of the happy fun baseballs. But a really good player, and and we're not going to rank VR as in our top fifty next year, probably next. You know, like even though he deserves it, why are we not going to do that again? <laughs> Actually, I think we should. I think we should too. I think we should. Uh, the the VR stat that I really loved a couple of years ago was that he and Billy Hamilton were the only ones who had streaks of consecutive forty stolen base seasons as professionals, counting the minor league numbers. Did snap that streak uh, two years ago with the bad year in Milwaukee. But but frankly, if you look at the stolen base numbers year over year during his professional career, dating back to even Double A ball, he was a consistent thirty five plus stolen base guy, and that matters now. That matters a lot. I think. I think. Yeah. That. That. He could be the kind of guy that everybody out there underranks. Billy Hamilton got picked off last night, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, we won't get into the Billy Hamilton where that career has gone. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> and look, say what you want, Braves fans. I don't care. Your team is great. You're going to win your division, and my team's not. I, I acknowledge this. You think I don't? I don't think I don't see what's happening in the National League East. I see exactly what's happening. I, I think you're a pretty honest Phillies fan. 
I, I, I'm objective here. I see the, the things that they do that are dumb. They should have, they should have paid up for Dallas Keiko. They didn't do it. Keiko's been fantastic this season. Not a top 20 starter in fantasy, but really good. And for fantasy managers, you pick them up in the middle of the season and you got your numbers. And, you know, uh, good for that. I don't know why he has to throw shade at organizations that didn't take him. Anyway, let me read this. Because hiring can be a slow process, like hiring, you know, Dallas Keuchel. Kath Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. And ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. And results like that. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Did you apply for that job as director of coffee? I know you drink a lot of yeah, coffee. I need a director of coffee. I definitely do, yeah. I yeah. love my coffee. Uh, what would I be? Director of water? <laughs> I <don't> drink coffee. <laughs> I'm, I tell you, I am impressed by that. I, I do wish I could just stick to water. I'm weird. Let's talk it's about... It's good for you. You're staying healthy. I'm trying. Trying to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to. You're only 25. Oh, wait. No, you were 29. You picked that one. <laughs> uh, you got four years on me. We we are quite a combination. Here are the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Scenario one on Monday or Tuesday, but on Wednesday, four people did it. How about that? Marcus Semyon having a really, really good season. Yeah. Jeff McNeil having a great season, could win a batting title. He's up to 20 home runs. Your boy at Alberto Mondesi, he isn't diving, but he is sliding. I don't know where to rank him. I, I wrote like second round, 10th round, pick your pick. And Manuel Margot, who might start, might, might finally, finally be starting to do something here. We thought he was going to be good last year. He wasn't. Um, anything to say on these players? What do you do with Monesty next year? Where do you rank? I, where are you yeah. going to rank him? I'm thinking round four. Round. Th- I can't. I can't go there. That's Why? A, he could have 18 homers and 60 steals. Injury man. history. It, uh, really? I, You're going to go brittle yep. on me? All yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Right. He is injury prone. I'm yes. injury prone. I keep I, diving in my softball leagues and breaking things. We okay. If if we as baseball fans go ahead and label the guys who've missed time like Giancarlo Stanton and geez, I'm, I'm all of them are. Go, I'm going back to ten years where I'm thinking of like the Evan Longorias of the the world and Ian Kinsler and the like. But if if we are going to criticize players like that when they're 25 years old for going to the DL all the time, Mondesi is starting to build up that track record. All right, all right. So who would you rather draft next season, McNeil or Mondesi? Because McNeil's in my top hundred. That's a three thirty hitter. You McNeil, tell me how many yeah, guys can bat yeah. three thirty. He's on my list. Not the, Tim Anderson. He's on McNeil. Is I know Anderson's doing it now. He's not doing it next year. I haven't run the analysis for this one. Uh, the 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 Homer thing we're, we're talking about. The first pitch 
Homer thing. Um, but how important is quality batting average to you? I think it's going to be a major part of the uh, the juice baseball discussion during the offseason. How important is it to get a player who can give you a 300-plus batting average? Does not matter? Because remember, a few years ago, we were saying it didn't matter whether you batted 240. It didn't hurt it you. It matters. You know it matters. Well, it, it, it does make such a big difference. I'm wondering whether those players have become a lot more interesting building blocks. Look, there are... There are 20 players right now with a 300 batting average, okay? Mm-hmm. And how many of them can you really count on? I'm being mean to Tim Anderson, but his numbers don't support this batting average, okay? He has 12 walks and 95 strikeouts. Give me a break. Anthony Rendon, a 300 hitter. Christian Yelich, 300 hitter. LeMahieu is a 300 hitter. Brantley, these are proven 300 hitters. Devers, I think, is a 300 hitter. Arenado, I, if you can bat 300, Jeff McNeil's not on this list because he doesn't have enough at bats, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's he's at the top. He's number one. He's number one in baseball, assuming he gets enough plate appearances, which he should. He's not playing today. I don't know why. You're trying to win, Mess, but yes, yeah, sit, sit your best hitter after Pete Alonso. That's smart. Um, yes, I think batting average does matter. I think Whit Merrifield is a guy who I'm pretty confident can bat 300. Now, he doesn't have the power we thought. He didn't steal as many bases as we thought. But a 300 batting average like that, that's a valuable thing. He's yeah. got to go in like round five or six for me. That's why I do that. I'd agree with you on that. He's a pretty safe, you know what you're going to get type. The stolen bases are the only thing that's... We expected 30. We have 18. We're disappointed in that. But everything else in Whit Merrifield is fine. I, I just, I'd rather take... Look, Whit Merrifield's going to go way before Jorge Soler. It's a bad comp, I know. But uh, you, you've get a, you're you getting five-category goodness out of Whit Merrifield. And for Soler, you got two categories. I am curious one thing about Merrifield with the decline in stolen bases. I'm seeing if I can dig up the speed scores uh, quickly. But at 30 years old, based on the history of not players... Gonna go up, yeah. The okay, players well. at that age declining usually in speed. That's right around the time in a career where a player slows on average. Does that bother you? Of course. I don't think Merrifield is – we can't project 30, home, 30 steals for him next year. He. What are we going to project, 24? Like, right? I mean – Yeah, here's the thing. The, the, so the sprint scores using StatCast data had him at 29.2 feet per second in 2017. 29.0 uh, in 2018, he's 28.6. So he is declining, and he's looking like he's getting closer to the middle of the pack. Let me so ask you a question. So at Montessi Brittle, I, I see your point. Is Trey Turner Brittle? No. Is anybody who's a base dealer Brittle now? No. Trey Turner missed time each of the last couple of years. I'm just saying. like he, he did, but a couple of those were fluky type injuries. And so Montessi's aren't. I'll, I mean, I, I, I should, I'll dig up. I'm I'll not trying to defend him. Sure. He needs to be defended. Uh, this isn't you and me going at each other. This is me trying to defend a player who you know. If we wrote a column next season, five guys who are not in the top 50 that could end up in the top five, oh, honestly, yeah. leads that oh, list. Oh, yeah, of course. He of leads course. the list. Like, he could easily end up a top five overall fantasy player with 20 homers and 60 steals, oh, yeah. and he's going to be ranked in round six. That could happen. I, and I would argue he's probably going to be ranked worse than that, but I'm not. I don't, he, not by me. Okay, well, you know, I mean, we don't we don't agree on we. I know we fundamentally don't agree on Mondesi, but my concern here is I agree he absolutely could be a top five player if he stays healthy for if he gives you 155 games. Yes, without question, he has 39 steals with 374 at bats. I mean, he granted no power, granted he missed time, 17 walks versus 114 strikeouts. That's awful. If I'm going to rip Tim Anderson, I have to rip Mondesi too. Either one of these guys could bat 220. That's the risk in in these guys. All right, so let's move. He has made how many DL stints in the past uh, in this and last year combined? Well, he had two this year. He had uh, he had two this year. Yeah. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, he might be brittle. He has three, and one of the ones last year did cost him a decent chunk of time. 
Uh, let's spend a decent chunk of time on the closers. Here's the carousel. The, the closer, closer carousel. Problems all around. Brad Hand of Cleveland. It's not his hand. It's his elbow. I don't think he's pitching this weekend. Nick Whitgren started the ninth inning last night. Then Oliver Perez got the second out. And the third out was Adam Simber. That's what they have to do. I don't think Brad Hand is pitching this weekend. But I don't know for sure. They might push him into the role just because he's the quote-unquote closer. But it's dangerous to roster him right now. I would just cut Craig Kimbrell. I don't think he's coming back. Um, and Will Smith starting to scare me with a back injury. Did not get the save yesterday and um, or the last time they won. And he might not pitch this weekend either. Any or all of these situations concern you? Uh, hands definitely concerns me. Sending him back home for an MRI right in advance of your most important series is definitely a bad sign. I would go to Whitgren if I'm going to take a fill-in, and I absolutely think that the three-game series is going to give you an opportunity for that. Uh, Smith, he's going to start throwing today, so there's a, an outside chance he could return this weekend. I'm not counting on it. Why would you go with Wickren if he started the ninth and they and Francona clearly pr- planned to not have him pitch because, the entire ninth? Because Perez and Simber are very much matchups pitcher and they don't provide a lot else. Wickren's been much more complete. He gets lefties out. And the other is that he's really been treated as the primary setup man two hand all year. He's yeah. kind of earned this spot. You need every last save who you pick up on the Cubs. They're at home all next week and they're a much better home team. <sighs> Jeez. I think it's Rowan Wick. That's who I... But yeah, I saw people I like picking up Strope best. in my league, so maybe it's him. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and they also have mentioned Kinsler, and they've mentioned Seashack uh, uh, at times, and they're up and down. I, I'm with you that Wick is the Wick is the one I feel best about, but I I mean, that, that bullpen is as up in the air right now as I think the Nationals is. I don't think the Nationals is is a question at all. I, if they have a save chance, and they they, they rarely do because they win all their games by too much, but I think Sean Doolittle is clearly 100% their closer. Nah, not yesterday. He pitched the seventh inning, one out. They're trying to build him up. All right. I ju- I'm with you that when, when Doolittle is healthy, I'm with you that it's Doolittle. My concern is that the way they used him yesterday suggested that they don't believe he's 100%, and if that is true, they are not going to throw him in there right away. They finished up with Daniel Hudson in a 6-2 game. Okay. All right. I guess that's possible. Um, any other closer situations you'd like to discuss? Um, I, I guess we should mention the Mariners just because Matt McGill, we had mentioned a few weeks ago on the show, uh, has pitched poorly over the past two, three weeks, and Anthony Bass just gets back-to-back saves. I, I'm not I, – I, I think you and I are both avoiding the Mariners' bullpen, but if you must take somebody from there, you're desperate. That's the direction I'd go. Looking at the schedule now, ESPN Plus today as an afternoon game, Joe Musgrove of Pittsburgh, who used to be good, and Jeff Samarja, who all of a sudden is good again – um, I would roster Samarja there if you need a streamer. Lots of interesting pitchers going today. You Darvish and Denelson Lamette. You want to talk about strikeout guys that can just <laughs> control? And Darvish has had com- unbelievable control for the past like two or three months. How about this Brendan McKay, Colby Allard matchup of young lefties, Tampa at Texas? McKay strikes everybody out but gives up runs. Allard's strikeout rate is fine. He's pitched much better. I'd rather roster Allard today. I would, too, because I think he'll last longer in this game. They're consistently putting him in the 90s on the pitch count, and he's looked good. I've caught a, a little of a few of his outings. Decent, I mean, the schedule's feeling a little bit of it, but I'm with you. Definitely over McKay. Rich Hill at Baltimore today. Um, I wrote about briefly Rich Hill on the blog today. I assume they, they have to build him up if they want him to be the four-star in the playoffs. So this is not going to be like a pitch count today, will it? It's at Baltimore. I I think there will be a limited pitch count. I think he'll pitch deep enough in order to matter, but I, I don't think they're giving him the full punter So pitches. he's their Nate Evaldi. 
Yeah, and the, the, I'm thinking the Evaldi five-inning, one-hit-no-runs thing. There's certainly a possibility there for Hill, but I'm... How deep do you think he's really going? I just don't see him going past five. I don't know about this game, but I think next week's a little bit sure, different. Sure, sure. Um, if you need somebody that you have to pick up for your teams. Uh, Friday, ESPN Plus is the day game at Wrigley Field. John Lester and Stephen Brault. Um, Lester's not pitched well, but it's Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh, I, I went before looking it up, I thought, ah, Pittsburgh, yeah. They're like 16th in runs scored for the season and since the break, and they're fine at home and road. Like, they're not a bad offense. They're a middle-of-the-pack offense. You, you think of bad offenses, they're they're not one of them. I don't think John Lester's all that safe. This uh, speaks to your point about not trusting the seasonal numbers. You are correct that they have rebounded on offense because of some of the spark plugs we mentioned on previous shows. But they were a positively brutal offense in the first month coming out of the All-Star break. We need to put that behind us. Sandy Alcantara of Miami is at San Francisco. Last outing, he pitched really well. It was a shutout. Um, there's a bunch of streamers on this day out of Adrian Hauser, who doesn't go deep enough to me. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee just doesn't allow their starting pitchers to go deep in the games. You wouldn't want Hauser in St. Louis right now, would you? St. No, Louis has no, been playing not. well. Chris Bassett at Texas. I didn't realize Texas leads the majors in strikeouts. Can't all be Rugnet Odor. But uh, Oakland, like Manai is pitching this weekend. Mm-hmm. Bassett's pitching. That's a strikeout place. So, Bassett had the 11K game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Savali against Minnesota. I don't like that matchup, but I do like Savali. Um, so there's, there's pitchers to pick up. Oh, Anthony Kay at Yankees. No, it's at home against the Yankees. But yep. still, no. Um, don't want, don't like that very he, much. He was pretty decent in the first outing, but it is a scary it's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Saturday, ESPN Plus. Oh, look at this. Maybe I'll even go. Rick Porcello <laughs> and Aaron Nola. I have to go to this one. You have to. Yeah. You want to come? You want to come and meet me? Get a turkey leg? <laughs> Um, oh, I wish I could. That uh, yeah. This is interesting because I don't know if Boston's going to use J.D. Martinez in the field in both these games. So if you've got J.D. and there's no game Friday, that's real smart scheduling baseball. Middle of September, no football that day. Let's have the Red Sox and Phillies, two marquee teams, not play. Yeah, a weekend two-game series. What's it's wrong with you? It's a very strange uh, September schedule with a lot of the night games early in the week. I mean, the Wednesday not to have a day game was very peculiar to me. Uh, you're right about the Martinez thing. They traditionally take the four outfielders or the, the three outfielders in the DH, and they, they shuffle the four around in the National League games. But Ben Attendee's been terrible this month. Maybe they sit him, but, it, you know, Noah's been terrible in his last— they haven't won any of his last four starts. I don't yeah. know why people are scared. Maybe he's tired, and Porcello's just getting hammered every outing. Mm-hmm. Um, streamers here— See, I don't want to stream Jordan uh, Jordan Lyles because Jack Flaherty's been the best pitcher in baseball for the past three months. That's why I don't want to do it. And actually, yeah, Lewis. and Lyles, I'm I'm pulled back to. We were talking about him with two start status, so that's why I'm leaning towards a yes for you here. But that I, I don't think St. Louis is a great matchup for him. It's a much better ballpark between the two, better than being at Miller Park. Manaya, who you want to use at Texas, Mike Miner, you want to keep using. Look how good he's been. Sure. Got to keep, that, keep going with him. In, fair, in fairness, this is a scary matchup. Wrong park of the two, and Oakland's got some offense. But I'm with you. Miner's got to be in your lineup. Miner's going to go seven innings, allow like four hits, but two of them home runs. So that, that's how that, that'll that end up going. So Mark Kana hits one of them. Of two of the other uh, interesting pitchers, Hyunjin Ryu returning to the rotation after that skipped start. Uh, pitching right. the game in, in right. New York. So does he have any sort of limitation? I, I think you start him, but I'm 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 curious how the Dodgers are going to treat him over the next couple of weeks. They said they're locking him into only three more starts. The other is Tyler Glass now, the second start since he returned from the uh, injured list. Very good velocity in the first one, but a road angels matchup. Eh. 
Sunday Night Baseball with our colleagues at ESPN. It's Walker Bueller of the Dodgers, who's really, really good, and Zach Wheeler of the Mets, who last I looked was leading the league and earned runs allowed. I don't think that's still the case, but I'll check while you're speaking. Um, anyway, it's Dodgers-Mets this weekend, and the Mets need to do some damage here. Dodgers, in your experience, do teams that clinch three weeks before the season ends, do they stop playing people? Does performance go down? Um, do they mess around with pitchers more than normal? I, you tell me what happens when a team clinches so early. They do utilize that 40 man roster a lot. They do provide rest. They're going to provide rest. I think the worst impact is that you want Dodgers for their starting pitchers and they are probably all going to be capped or, or skipped. And I mean, that's before we get into the fact that the Dodgers love to do that anyway. The other thing I've noticed as a trend is that especially when teams clinch as early as the Dodgers have, immediately afterwards, not at the end of the year, this is where people are mistaken. It's not about the last week of the year. It's immediately afterwards. That's when they start giving the rest to people. Uh, there are 16 pitchers that have allowed more earned runs than Wheeler, so I'm being a little unfair there. Porcello leads the way, Bauer. Now, you have to be durable to give up this many runs, so let's mm-hmm. give them some credit, but I expected a near a much better than 4.21 and a 1.31 whip. That's just not getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good pitchers on this list that have a lot, a lot of earned runs. I mean, Bauer has a 455 area. Where'd that, that's yeah. all, it's not all Cincinnati. I'm also going to bet that, uh, Wade Miley's clearly ahead of him now after those past well, two starts. He's not, but man, that, <laughs> I'm joking. can you imagine? Like, he hasn't gotten out of the first inning. You can't use him in his next outing. Maybe something's wrong with him. Yeah. But, well, it's a Kansas City road matchup though. But how can you use Wade Miley when he's got his last two outings? He's what, like two outs and twelve runs. He's had one out. I believe it was one out and twelve runs. Yeah, you can't I, use him. You, you can't. There are stranger things at this time of the year on a Sunday. But I'm with you. Also on Sunday, ESPN Plus has Ryan Yarbrough and Patrick Sandoval. That's uh, Angels versus Rays. Yarbrough's been really good. He is really good. I'm surprised. Uh, did you expect this? No, of course not. But I thought um, he was a total mirage last year. I, you know, he didn't have the strikeout rate. That was something to worry about. Lefty, but he's been really good. Great control. That's, you've got to credit him. What do you do with Mike Fires at Texas? It's not a scary matchup, I don't think. And Fires has been good this year. He was a top 25 starting pitcher before the outing when Houston hit, hit six home runs off him this week. Mm-hmm. And maybe so, you don't like him, but I mean, he's been good until this outing. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I prefer, well. Do I prefer Lance Lynn here? Yeah, I probably do. I do. I prefer Lance Lynn. Yeah. I don't know um, why people were down on Lance Lynn and Mike Miner, including people we know. I just don't get that. Lance Lynn's last outing was fine. I Seven think innings, it's the strikeouts. Park. I, I think it's the park. And and I've mentioned this now in a couple of these matchups, is that this is the ballpark disadvantage between the two teams. You want the game in Oakland. You don't want it in Texas. But the thing is, the Rangers, you mentioned it with the strikeouts, are a great matchup for opposing starting pitchers. That's why Fires needs to remain in your lineups. I still prefer Lynn a little bit, despite facing the tougher offense. There's two weeks left of the season. Can we stop talking about like ballparks and like it matters weather? this time of year? It ma- yeah, but it's, it's it's not to Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. This is not mattering. It is not ruining their seasons. Like right. It's, at what point are we going to stop expecting their season to be ruined? This is ridiculous. You're, you're taking a roto perspective on this, which I, I I get it because you and I are in a ton of leagues like this, and we're not thinking about it. They're locked in guys. But when we're talking about the head to heads, when we're talking about the start cap leagues, you're talking about every inning pitch being precious. That's when we're thinking about ballparks here, and we just say, okay, I'm I'm going to quibble because I can. I'm using Miner and, and Lynn this weekend. I'm with you. That's the very long first half of our show. Sorry, Troy. Here comes the second half. All right. Some hash browns in here. I say myriad. Myriad could be more than two or three. Myriad could be anything. It could be four hash browns or 4,000. I thought myriad myriad was literally 1,000. I don't think that's true. 
No? If it is, I've been using it wrong for a long time. Nope, it's a countless or extremely great number. I really thought it was 1,000. So when I say myriad hash browns on every show, that's probably incorrect because it's not a countless number. It's four or five or What's six. What's a fortnight? That's two weeks. I use I that a, a lot too. I hear it's a game. I've never played it. but My I, kids I, keep telling me that it's a game. <laughs> but <laughs> Wait, Your kids aren't playing Fortnite. Are they really? I haven't let them play Fortnite, no, but their friends all do. And At that young of an age? Yeah. You'd be surprised what the kids are into. I've, I've had kids who've watched <laughs> It. I, I know like what younger kids are than into. Them. I'm, I'm like, they're, seriously, like, how are you watching horror movies? I, That's what you're talking about? No, they're, they, the stuff they play and watch, I'm, it's astonishing. Let's move on. Uh, PR writes, where are you ranking Mike Clevenger for 2020 in Roto? I mean, to me, whether it's Roto or head-to-head, we have to consider him a top 10. Starting pitcher, the problem is if we're considering... We have our top tier of three or four guys and then like 12 guys. So not everybody's going to get in the top 10. Have you figured out who who you want to be in the top 10 starting pitchers for next year? I guess that's on a future show. <laughs> I, I'd like to say I did, but what I was doing was pulling in the position eligibility for my sheet. So <laughs> right, I have I mean, the six to seven we discussed previously. Verlander, Cole, DeGrom, and Scherzer is the top tier, I believe. And then I could name 10, 12 guys who I want to put in Somewhere in the 5 to 15 range. Right. And he has to be in this, don't you think? Clevenger's in it. Bieber's in it. Strasburg. Granke. Morton. Um, Flaherty now. He's forced his way in. Giolito. Maybe. Yep. All right. Um, Bueller. Did I say Morton? Bueller's probably going to comfortably be near the front. Bueller's got to be there, but he may... Doesn't he have to be top 10? And I... I, I, Sale, no. There's going to be concerned about the injury. But I think Sale's going to ultimately end up there, but I but I see your point. Yeah, he's probably going to be on my do not draft list. I I want to give you the number eight on my Clevenger. I really like him, but I mean, going back to the are the you, are you concerned was, about brittleness? Yes and no. That's why I'm hesitating. Uh, you can't be both. You got to got to pick one. But it's it's one instance, but it was a, a pretty significant injury. I mean, I don't think we could just sweep that under the carpet and forget it. I don't sweep under my carpet. I'll say this about Clevenger. Have you, you've never swept under I haven't either. So you you, know. I don't you, know. That, that, wait, they did it in Tom and Jerry. I don't do it. Okay, when you sweep, you sweep under a carpet. I put it in a dustpan. Or you know what I end up doing a lot of the times? I can't find the dustpan. Uh-huh. So I take like a magazine yeah. and I sweep the dirt onto the magazine and then dump it in the trash. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Mike Clevenger, but we're just wasting time to well, then anger I, I, Troy. I, I do that too, but then I burn the magazine because it's got filthy germs on it. Really? You're that much of a clean freak? Oh, yeah. You know that. But you won't I eat like mustard. I like wash my hands a thousand times a day. Why, why won't you eat mustard? I want you to eat mustard. Oh, Next time we're together, I want icky. to see you eat mustard. Oh no, no, you, you'll end up wearing it if I eat it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Seriously, it does. I've oh, Clevenger made thirty-two Ill. starts last year. I'm not sure he's brittle. That, and that's the point. Like, do do we do we? Write him in in pen for 32 starts. Are you ready to go there? I don't write I anybody think... in pen for 32 starts anymore. Scherzer got hurt this year. Kershaw never makes it. The question is making you – the question's forcing you into a decision. Are you writing him down for 32 starts because he's top eight if he is? I'm I writing think. him down for 28 starts. But Kershaw gets away with it, so why can't Clevenger? I mean, look – I like it, your hedging, and I think that puts him 12. I don't think that's hedging. I think that's – I don't think anybody – Aaron Noah is about the only guy who's making 33 starts. I mean, how many guys are going to make that many starts? Let me look. I, I, I just, think Clevenger makes – if Clevenger is healthy, doesn't have a DL stint, doesn't have an, any sort of absences Bauer. next year, it's 32 starts. Bauer might make 35, which will mess up our sim teams. He's at 32 already. I thought we, we ditched that, though. 
We ditched that rule. Did we ditch that rule? Yeah, we did. It's uh, remember we can't. You can add four up to. Yeah, but if 30. he makes. Oh right, because there was if you add. All right, we stole it from the other league. Nobody cares. Uh, Jerry writes is, I have a shot to win both of my sim leagues. I'm happy about that, and you know. By the way, 72 home runs combined from my third base platoon. I forgot to mention that on the phone the other day. Th- 72. <laughs> Christian Villanueva has 35 home runs for Daniel Mengden, right? That worked out well. I wow. thank you. I buy you lunch because you, you, you <laughs> told me to do it. Only if you win. <laughs> if I lose, you buy you buy me lunch. Yeah. If you oh, if you win, I gotta you know we get. I'm gonna tell Gia the breakfast. same thing. Gia still listens to this terrible show. Gia, if I win labor, I buy lunch. If you if I lose, you buy lunch. All, All right. right, we're rooting for you. Jerry's question, is there a team of hitter or pitchers that you like for next week? Have a buy in my league and looking to stack up for the upcoming playoff matchup. Are you even looking ahead that far? Like, I just want to win this week. I think you know why I'm looking ahead. I don't know why you're looking ahead. Because I have to. I'm the forecaster, right? You're the forecaster still. (laughs) That's still out? You still do that? I still, every morning, I dump in the new pictures and re-rank it. I still maintain you spend more time on the forecaster each week than I do on all my blogs combined. I probably shouldn't be saying that with the editorial watch yeah, here, but he doesn't care. He's doing basketball way. right now. By the way, I'm writing basketball this season. I don't know how to answer Jerry's question, do you? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Thomas has jumped in, so you're safe. Where's the fantasy right. basketball podcast? I want to host that. Hey, hop on the, the baseball forecast for tomorrow. All your answers will be right in there. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. He's got yeah, a really I, like ooh, deep he's voice. Teasing it. I like Tom it. does. Tom could be. Tom could take my place in a second. No. Tom's bringing a nice balance of mellow. I like this. Tom is very mellow. Tom, you'd be the guy who hosts like a late night radio show, like with all like cool deep music. You obviously don't know this, but for about a decade and a half, I did host a music radio show in (laughs) Harvard. Get out of here. I was kind of the Venus flytrap kind of guy. What kind of music? Was it one genre or was it everything? Uh, Well, I called it One Nation Under a Groove. Anything that had a good groove in it, that's what I played. But I also nice. hosted, you know, reggae shows, funk shows, you know. That sounds like a better job. You need to be I our want new that singer. One. It was relaxing. Is this relaxing? Dealing with us? Oh, you guys are awesome. Come on. <laughs> no, we can't see your face because we're all on different <laughs> He's lying. He's clearly lying. Oh, boy. All right, I'll give you three teams if you want them. All right, let's hear it. Should I preview it, Tom, or should we just make him go read it? Oh, go ahead and preview it. Give him some okay. I'll give you this. Uh, Baltimore Orioles. Would you believe this? Three lefty starters are facing most of the Blue Jays and the, and the Mariners. They also face Detroit for just a game to finish that one. So pretty good offense for them. I can't wait to watch Baltimore-Detroit baseball games in the final week of the season. That's but awesome. The thing about that is that they're going to play a lot of these guys because what else do they have to lose? And the hitting matchups are fantastic. And by the way, the Orioles do tend to hit lefties pretty well. They've got guys who've got great platoon advantages. Uh, Minnesota's got... Minnesota's the schedule this week is outrageous. Three home games, White Sox. Four home games, Kansas City Royals. Can't be much better than that unless you're a Coors. And the National League one, which I had before we started. Let me dig it back up. Well, was... the Cubs are at home all week. That's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't them. Of course not. Oh, it was the Mets. The Mets have three games at Coors and three at Great American. Really? Yeah. But one is Sonny Gray. The Mets going to really win this wild card race? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? If the Phillies win, wow. What that's Phillies are not winning the wild card. I think the Mets have a better shot at the wild, second wild card than the Phillies do. I'll say that. Where the the Phillies have no pitching. Be. Brewers host Padres for four, host uh, Pirates for three. Brewers going to beat out the Cubs. How about that? Because the Cardinals play the Cubs the final weekend. They, they want to win. Cubs play four against St. Louis this coming week. 
The Cardinals also do play the division teams. I think that in their final two weeks, three of their four series are Cubs and Brewers, and that's it. Lee has a question. Eric always preaches. I don't preach that much. What's changed for players that struggle one year and are downgraded in a big way the next? Of course, some players that actually have seen things change and are now a different player than years past. Man, we could do hours on this. For all the hitters that have raised their launch angle, I don't even know where to begin with that. We I mean, need to have a stat report that shows a change in launch angle from one year to the next. How does nobody in, nobody out there created that? Well, it's it's easily attainable. You can just look. I mean, you you and you could use one of your Excel files to do the difference yeah, in gonna, one you're year gonna to the make next. Me, you're going to make me do some spreadsheeting mid-show. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to do it mid-show. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, in a general sense, it's pitchers that learn new pitches and hitters that have changed their philosophy and approach at the plate mm-hmm. to either stop hitting ground balls, to go the other way. I mean, Raphael Devers jumps to mind to me. Whatever he did this year, it worked. And it wasn't all launch angle. He's just hitting the ball harder. Jose Ramirez in the second half. Stop worrying about his shifts and just hit the ball harder. Like, But it's hard to do that in the middle of a show. I suppose we could have looked before the show. But even then, I'm not sure I could have done it. I mean, Jorge Soler just stayed healthy. Solaire's, uh, a pr- he, he did enough to show, uh, better discipline because you, and you turned me, uh, towards this that Solaire had made some distinct adjustments around June 1st. It's not all walks. It's swinging at better pitches. Scott Kingery never walks. Right. But he swings at the right pitches and he drives them. And, and, and last I looked, he was like the only guy with that few PA and that many extra base hits. So it's right. not all about taking walks. Tim Anderson doesn't have to take walks to be successful. It's just he has a much better – Scott King where he's not hitting 330 like Tim Anderson is. That's all. The uh, the uh, use chase rate, not walk rate. That's that's the thing. Use yes. chase rate. Chase rate. That's why I say chase rates on this show because I'm all about the chase rates. That's why I don't like Edelberg Ramondesi. Because he's not good in terms of chase rate. He's got a lot of talent, but he's not a disciplined hitter. And I don't know if he ever will be. Maybe he'll fix it. If he stops running, we don't even talk about him. I mean, that's that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. If he's stealing 18 bases like Whit Merrifield, we don't waste our time on Adam Berto This is also why we're critics of Tim Anderson in terms of batting average. But there's people that tweet me all the time about Tim Anderson. They're just angry that I refuse to give him credit. for. He might win the batting title. He's had a very good year, but... How, how is his BABIP not caught up to him? The answer is because it doesn't always catch up to everybody. Correct. It doesn't but have it usually to. does year over year. I think does. year over year it would, but like it's 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 just foolhardy for us to suspect it's going to stop in the last two and a half weeks. That's that's ridiculous. Sure. sure. Wow. Two point six percent walk, twenty point nine percent strikeout. He's got a three thirty three batting average, a three ninety five BABIP. Yeah, I'm looking at the BABIP leaders right now in Fangrass. Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh. It's not stopping. He's still playing well. Four oh four. Tim, when's the last time somebody had a four hundred BABIP? Tim Anderson, Yohan Moncada, oh, Luke Voigt, Trevor oh. Story. Anderson's chase rate's gone up and noticeably this year. I mean, how has he hit 333, man? Sometimes. Uh, what, I'm trying to think. Was it Jose Hernandez earlier this year? Yeah, century? like a 400 BABIP, didn't he, one year? Yeah, it was It was an unreal year. I was looking up this guy for the column, Victor Reyes. Not hitting for power, not stealing bases, but he's batting 320-something. It's all BABIP. He has like a 450 BABIP this month. But that may continue. He is fast. But, like, why is he not stealing bases? The uh, also the advantage for the Tigers. I mean, they're they're nobodies. A lot of these players, but they're giving you volume because you know who the starters are. That's not and very they are, nice. 
They're not they're, nobodies. They're people. They have you, parents. Okay, they they're have not providing you home runs, RBI, and runs scored, as you were saying a minute There's ago. There's a better way to say it than just. <laughs> they're all super I terrible. I can say but, I'm irrelevant and it's okay, but I don't want to say that all Tigers are. I mean, that, <laughs> all the Tigers hitters are truly terrible. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like they just beat the Yankees 12 to 11 in an embarrassing game there, which, by the way, Chance Adams in the ninth. Don't get me started. They are we keep, some we keep throwing Nick Vincent in our, our setup man. Nick uh, Vincent was unemployed like a month ago. Who is your setup man? Nick Vincent. I need it for the, no, he's He is. It's drawing names out of a hot day. No, it's Nick Vincent. I'm telling you, this ridiculousness in this bullpen. Well, I feel good because that's who I wrote on the closer chart. Hector Neris <laughs> is closing. That's acknowledged. Nick Vincent is the setup man for this baseball team. And before him, it's Blake Parker and Mike Moran. Uh, All these guys were unemployed. Oh. And yeah, Jared they're, they're, Hughes. Any DFA guy ends up as a Philly Philly's seventh middle reliever. I, I, I want to say middle reliever, but they're pitching the seventh and eighth innings. Oh, I know. Uh, Zach has a question. What is Mike Soroka's ceiling for next season? Um, can you ever see Soroka being a 200 strikeout guy? 200 strikeout? Mm, probably Cause, not. Because I want to rank him as a top 20 pitcher next year, but you know my concern. Mm-hmm. This, this K rate's not getting it done. Now, his ERA is fantastic. 267. Whip is fantastic. He's not, he's allowed 13 home runs and 26 starts, which has to be among the best rates in the sport. But his K9 is 7.15. And if you have a, a low K rate like that, it, it has to blunt your upside. I love Fair. Soroka. Fair. Yeah. But right? Fair. I mean, like, we're not going to project him to strike out 175 guys. Uh, he might get to 175 if he threw the volume to get there, but it's not going to be on rate. Uh, wow. You know what really surprised me is the split. His splits, the weighted on base, 234 against righties, 321 against lefties. That means he lacks the pitch against lefties. That means the upside's probably not there. This might be, at least over the next two to three calendar years, the best we see of him. So who's another guy who doesn't have a pitch to get lefties out? A, a right-handed starter with strikeout, with low strikeouts. That's dangerous, man. Like... That's mm-hmm. dangerous when a guy like that. Because yeah. now, and now to support Soroka's ability here, he does minimize the hard contact. Some pitchers just do have this inherently. He has great control. I I put. I mean, if I'm going to make a list of the ten guys in baseball, oh, he's on there. Yes, great control. He's without question. Can you in there. make him a top twenty starting pitcher in your rankings next season? Certainly, yeah, because he gets grounders and he throws strikes, and those are very big things now. Would you put him over Trevor Bauer, who we know is going to strike everybody out, but we have no idea if his ERA is two fifty five or four fifty five. We want clarity. Trevor Bauer's not offering that. Right. And this is... This is Soroka's kind of... is a lot like Kyle Hendricks, frankly. This is kind of going to preseason Chris Archer versus Shane Bieber. What What do you want? Oh, well, Archer's off the radar now. And I'll tell you that there were, without a doubt, many people who would have said yes. Archer and not hesitated. You're right. And I think it could be a similar debate. I think it's probably smarter oh, right now so to put... Bauer is Archer? Oh, I can't believe you said that. I hadn't thought about be. that. He could very well be. Oh, that's bad, man. I don't want any part of that. He very well could be. One more he, question. He also could be Strasburg or... Oh, I don't know. He could be a top 10 starter or top. They're not even top 50 like now. Mm-hmm. Adam writes, we're always here about the... We always hear... About the age 30 cliff for running backs in football, is there an age that pitchers hitter generally make you nervous, understanding that the Verlander and Cruises of the world buck the trend? No, I don't even care about age. I think the reason I care about age is because of durability. And Verlander, at some point, this will change. But Nelson Cruz is batting 300 this season with 35 home runs. So I don't care how old he is. Do you care about, you care about age much more than I do. 
I care about age and what I said before about stolen bases, where around 30 to 31, you start to see a bit of a downturn for guys who are going to experience that. Some players just break the mold. The other is that once you get to about 33 or so, power traditionally heads downwards, noticeably. That's where the Paul Goldschmidt talks we've had at the beginning of the year came from. I was a little worried about what, what would happen to him. And a lot of guys just don't make it to 35 in the majors. Very few 35-year-olds. So what do you do about that? Like, obviously, we know that Nelson Cruz is going to be undervalued next year in drafts. And, I mean, that's a guy who breaks the mold. I, I don't think there's there's no label. This is, and, and I've railed on this now for a good half decade, that we cannot possibly place blanket labels on every single player in the game. Nelson Cruz doesn't fit. He doesn't fit the, just, the this this one, you know, this this blanket label that we're placing on older players. For the first time all season on the podcast, a producer has whispered in my ear, wrap it up. So that is it for today's show. I made it until two weeks before the end of the season. That's impressive. I made it five and a half months before a producer had to tell me that a show has gone too long. But it has. And I'm sorry, Troy. But I'm not really. Any final thoughts, Tristan? <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> Poor Troy doesn't even play fantasy no. baseball. He has to deal with this junk. <laughs> Hey, we got a lot of info in. Come on. Oh, no. You know, let's let's just let's just show. drag it out with the National Days. I mean, Kyle did all this work on the National Days. We need another 45 minutes on the National Days. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. We really do appreciate it. As far as we know, we'll have shows next Monday and Thursday, and then the week after that, and then that is it. That is all for Editorial Watchdog Tom, for Troy, for Tristan. I'm Eric. Have an awesome weekend. Everything is awesome. Darkness.